0: Oh, that Ferrari's just rubbish, that one. Uh, no, no, I don't drive a Ferrari, I drive a Ford.
1: Welcome to the Ferrari Hub podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasool.
0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Ferrari Hub podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. Now, this is the episode that's going to be coming out before... new year so happy new year to everybody if you're looking listening to this over the new year period and thank you very much for listening uh we just passed another milestone you'll remember that uh perhaps about four weeks ago we managed to get to number one on the itunes chart uh, which was completely unexpected and uh although it was an ambition of ours has happened much sooner than we had originally planned to do that Um, so that was great but we have another milestone that we just passed. We've just passed a 1,000 listeners. So thank you very much. If you're one of those 1,000 out there, thanks very much. We really appreciate your time uh, and your your ears, really, your attention to uh, to our show. Today's guest is somebody that I've known for a number of years. His name is Saeed Ali, and he is a London-based owner of a Ferrari 348 GTB. Um, today's show is going to be slightly different to previous shows, where today we're going to be... F- so focused solely on one car and we're going to be talking about the ownership experience of that car now Said has actually owned his car he owned his car for 11 years he has now sold the car but given that he's had it for such a long period of time and, and you'll hear in the interview as to sort of uh, the type of modifications that he made to it very tasteful modifications as that um, but he's somebody who knows a lot about the three four eight, so this will be a great one if you are an existing three four eight owner, uh, if you're planning on buying one in the future, or just simply if you love to have a listen about it for all things to do with Ferrari. Show notes, as always, will be available on our website. You can go to our show notes by typing in ferrarihub.com forward slash ep eleven. Just a quick recap on some of the articles that have been released since the last podcast episode. Uh, we had an article guy go live. On Friday uh, part of our Friday drool series and it was officially the baddest Ferrari out there and when I say officially it's because it was the Ferrari Testarossa spider that was driven by none other than Michael Jackson in the uh, Pepsi bad commercial so definitely the baddest Ferrari out there It wasn't a short commercial either, it was was, was almost like a short movie. Um, So that's well worth uh, having a read of that article. On Saturday, we had another article go out on the practicality of the Ferrari GTC4 Lusso. And when I say practicality, it was December the 24th, the day before Christmas. And so what better way to show the practicality than to use a Lusso to pick up Christmas tree so uh, if you're if you're curious about that um, there's a video there too so do check that out. On Monday as part of our Monday draw series we had another article Uh, this time we found one of the very first Ferrari 812 super fasts that were available on the grey market come for sale. Uh, There was one previously that we found um, but that was not around for very long so we don't expect this one to be around for very long either uh, but it's a, it's a beautiful Nero with Nero interior with red accents on the interior um, uh, vehicle that's available in Dubai and uh, we don't expect it to be around for very much longer. Uh, it does have a premium attached but if you want to have a look at the car uh, it's quite possibly the second loose, uh, super fast to come to market. And on Tuesday, following our model series, we had an article on the F355, which is one of my personal favourite Ferraris uh, of all time. So do check that out. Also, I mentioned in last week's episode that we had a big announcement to be made and we decided to delay the uh, the actual announcements by a week. Um, the announcement was supposed to be made last Friday, um, but it's going to now be made this Friday. And the reason for that is just we wanted to get a few technical bugs ironed out uh, before we released it so if you want to know what it is then uh, you'll find out in next week's episode or if you want to find out sooner just go to ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe and we will let you know on friday today's sponsor is something that i get asked about a lot and that is who i use for my hosting i recommend Bluehost and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up, Uh, they have a one-click automatic WordPress installation and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them and there's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service and they're one of the companies that actually say yeah you can give us a call, which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless, it's it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing, depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself and it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. Now on to the show.
1: Hi, my name is Said, and I drove a Ferrari 348 GTB for 11 years.
0: Wow. Thanks very much, Said. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show. Um, now... I know your car really well in, in the sense that I've I've seen it many, many times and it's quite well, um, it's very prominent across all of the uh, forums. Yes, notorious indeed.
1: Notorious on forums.
0: <laughs> I think maybe you're a bit notorious as well. But, uh, uh, That's just, a different story. <laughs> Not but, for family listening. <laughs> but just in terms of um, your car, I mean, it's, it is very well known. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it and... You know, what particularly, you know, what in particular drew you to that car? Um,
1: well, having a whole story probably starts around 1991. I was at university mm-hmm. uh, and I was a mature student at university, but it was a, it was a young kid there. It was about 19 years old and he had a brand new three four eight. for 8. Wow. Uh, I think it was a TS. I can't remember or TB. I can't remember the time, but it was a blue one. Mm. And um, he gave me a ride in it back to his house. And it was the first time I ever sat in a Ferrari. It was yes. a free blue one, and then he drove it back. He bought. Picked, he, had, he actually had a collection. Nineteen years old had a collection of Ferraris. He also, had, he also had a black three hundred eight, and it was really strange. The 3-4-8 was lovely, fantastic. I really liked it yeah. having a ride in it, but the three hundred eight was so much lower, mm-hmm. and it was black. Uh, I think ultimately it burnt to a crisp. In uh, in London's um, oh London um, but that was my first <clears throat> ex, um, experience with a natural Ferrari. Although I was a big Ferrari friend, um, watching Magnum as everyone else in my age does. Yes, yeah, you know, red free away and just watching it until it comes out. Mm. Then Miami Vice, obviously, um, which was uh, you know just part of our um, you know part of our childhood mm. and adulthood to, to some extent. Mm. So it was then. Just Skip forward to 2005, and I've got a midlife crisis, and I'm thinking, oh, I need to get myself a sports car. Mm. And as I was going bored, well, better car to get than a convertible. So I went to my local Porsche garage and to spec up a Boxster S.
0: Okay. And
1: I'd been looking at it for months. I had the whole spec sorted out. It was cobalt blue. It had these specific sports alloy wheels. It had a black interior. It was lovely. So Mm -hmm. I went in there, and the salesman I talked to, was Faisal? You know Faisal. You yes, know Faisal. I Faisal. do. Yes, yeah, yeah. who we got to know later on as a Ferrari owner, and you know we used to hang around. We hang around with him. Mm. Uh, but He was a salesman at that time, Okay. and I was talking to him about it. And I said to him, "Oh, maybe I should get a Ferrari." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, Ferrari's quite good." And I walked out of the showroom. The, the the Boxster S was forty-three thousand five hundred pounds. Wow,
0: gosh, this is back in two thousand
1: and five. Yeah, it was about two hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. if you go back that far. Back. Um, <laughs> And I thought to myself, you know what, I could get a Ferrari Mm. for that much. And I just started looking around. And um, I initially, you know, I did the research and it was, the one car I didn't want to get was a free 348. Okay. Because the worst Ferrari ever made. Right. Right. That's what I read everywhere. Everyone was telling me on the forums, 348. Bag of crap. Don't buy it. Horrible. Blah blah blah. Whatever.
0: Right.
1: And so I thought, okay, fair enough. I'll look at a free to eight. So I started looking at free to wait. Okay. Um, I wanted a three five five, but let's be honest, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. Because it was I was ten, I think ten fifteen thousand pounds at that time, more mm. expensive, and I couldn't afford it. Mm. So I was over a free for a 328 to wait, and I thought, all right, let's just go for a free to eight. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, because I think they're beautiful free to, wait, free to wait, I think you must want to most beautiful Ferraris I've ever made mm. and you know I still had that Magnum itch
0: yes
1: in me went to uh Kent high performance cars in okay. uh, in Maidstone mm. sat in a 3 2 and and I immediately thought oh god this is so wrong because it was just so awkward yeah. the <clears throat> the um the pedals were offset to the left mm. and it felt like I was just at an angle I just it just des- didn't fit my body. I have a very weird body shape, so it just didn't fit me. I would yeah. say it's fine, but me, it just didn't fit, feel right.
0: Yeah, it takes a little bit of getting used to that driving position, doesn't it? I mean, it's not natural in that you know, in, in the sense of how we drive nowadays. I mean, at that time, it was quite the norm for a sports car to sort of be sort of positioned that way. But nowadays, we're kind of used to a slightly different driving position.
1: Yeah, we're, we're just getting older, and our bodies That's are true getting to. you know more even more weird I and mean, we fit into it but it was just <laughs> so i sat in a couple of free for eights and i thought oh okay maybe the free for eight is mm. for me and i just did more research now if you read if you read magazines contemporary magazines from 2005 even to today the the journalists will always have a negative attitude towards a free for eight
0: yeah
1: right they all have it um they when they talk about a new model, like a 430 or a 458 or a 48, they always start saying, oh, well, you know, the lineage starts with the 308 and mm. the 328, and then there was a disappointment in the 348, and then it, Ferrari came back to its high point with a 355.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: all these journalists have always turned around and made it look as if the 348 was right at the bottom, mm.
0: Mm.
1: Was, the, was the unwanted, was the... the the odd one out a crappy one whatever yeah if you go onto forums like ferrari chat and even club scuderia now Mm. by that time club scuderia didn't exist in 2005 but on on uh, ferrari chat you have a very very active um free for eight section Mm. and i was reading the stuff and you know what they are so committed the owners of free for eight yeah and so passionate about the car, mm. I, and I haven't found it in any other uh, model in the Ferrari, you know, in the Ferrari lineage, yeah. they, they sort of, you know, they will, they, they identify the problems, they fix the problems, and it's just the enthusiasm was such, so, so great. And you mm. know what? And a free freight looks to me, it looks fantastic i just yeah. love the look i mean there is nothing else on a road like it nothing yeah
0: yeah and it, it, even apart today from
1: it, apart from a test rosa yeah
0: well <laughs> even today i mean the 348 still looks fantastic i mean i've seen you know i still see them on the road and you know they're, they're, they're quite compact and they're not sort of huge cars like the Tesla roster is a really wide car the 348 is much more um, sort of a, a usable size but it still looks as good today as it did the day it came out and you know, there's something about that car, which I, you know, I've got to agree with, you know, the reason why you ended up with that model.
1: It, I mean, it, it is different. I mean, I, I mean, I don't see many free-for-eats unless I go to a car meet. I mean, right. most, most of them. I mean, when I bought it, I paid, uh, was it £35,000 for it okay. at that time? And that was, I hired him because it was a GTB. Um, mm-hmm. The GTB is, uh, there was only... as a, I think we already mentioned 14 of them. 14. And yeah. this was the only black one. So there was a bit of a premium for that particular car. Mm. Um, but they were always quite cheap. And people didn't really want them. Because yeah. it was either, I think they, the, the model cheaper than that was the Mondial. Yes. Yeah. Which apparently is also one of the worst Ferries ever made. But I have a soft spot for that. You, didn't you have a, you had I, one? I those, had two.
0: You? I had two. Yeah. Well, there you go.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 um,
0: yeah, because so, me- mechanically, I mean, I, I had the I had two of the Mondial Ts, and um, mechanically, they're the same as the 348. Uh, it's the same engine, same gearbox. Um, everything's the same. It's just um, the Mondial T is a four-seater version of the 348. And uh, admittedly, the 348 is a better-looking car. Um, but, you know, part of that is because the 348 is a two-door, two-seater, whereas the Mondial is a slightly longer body. Um, but mechanically, the same.
1: But apparently, a better drive on, uh, on regarding handling because of the longer body.
0: Uh, I think that just comes down to drivers, mate. I mean, I, I'm probably a better driver than you were. So, um...
1: <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> is this the end of the podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. So going, going back to the story, so started looking around, and the one car caught my eye. It was a black. It was the black one mm. with um, grey interior. Yeah. Fully standard. And it was being sold by Nick Cartwright up in Derbyshire. Okay. And he um, and I was I was just looking at the adverts for a while for a few months mm. and it wasn't it wasn't sold and then suddenly it went down three thousand pounds and down to thirty five thousand and I thought, mm, okay. Mm. So I drove up there, did a very short test drive. Yeah. The car had a flat battery. You know, because you start thinking, but if you own a Ferrari, you know, a flat battery in a Ferrari is very normal. Yes. If it, in yeah. fact, if it doesn't have a flat battery in a Ferrari, there's something wrong with the system. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and short test drive, came back, thought about it, said, fine, phone him up, sent up a deposit, deal done. And, and I was all destined to pick it up. Yeah. And I fell off a bucket and fractured my wrist. And right. I was in a plaster for four weeks and couldn't do, go and pick it up. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. And so as <laughs> soon as the plaster came off, I was up there. Yeah. Um, I picked it up. And the first drive in your own Ferrari mm. is just, it, you know, it's I can still remember it. It's a tingling in the head. Yeah. Everybody's looking at you. You're driving. You won't go too fast in case you kill yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, it, It's just incredible. And also, you've got that six months. The first six months of Ferrari ownership mm. is when you're driving and you have one ear on the exhaust yeah. and the other ear on the engine because you're thinking it's going to explode because it's a Ferrari. <laughs> so it's going to self destruct. And you start, because yeah. you're just paranoid because mm. everything's you lots of money and it's just it scares the hell out of you but yeah yeah the first drive and owning a ferrari yeah you know i I say to i say i've got a lot of friends and i say to them a lot of friends well that's a funny thing to say but i say to a lot of my friends um a porsche will get you where you want to go yeah ferrari will change your life
0: yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, and and I think that's where the passion comes from, from a lot of people who are um, Ferrari owners. I mean, I've owned Porsches in the past and Ferraris as well. And, you know, whilst the Porsches were something that we would use on a day to day basis, um, and they were great cars, mechanically, they were great cars. Um, it just was never as exciting to drive as the Ferrari. I mean, The Ferrari was always an event, you know, the Porsche, was not so yeah i definitely ever, agree with that
1: did you ever drive your uh ferraris on a day-to-day basis on a day-to-day, I did, day-to-day actually.
0: yeah i did i drove the uh the 456m uh, on a day-to-day drove it to the station parked it up there um commuted into london um yeah so use it all the time even went supermarket shopping with it so uh really yeah 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 it, it's got a it's got it's got a pretty decent boot so actually effectively what what we ended up doing was selling one of the other cars that we were using on a regular basis um, just simply because it was taking up space in the driveway and you know we started using the 456m on a day-to-day basis so you know more than just sort of the odd occasional weekend trip
1: did you like park it in the middle of a car park empty car park and you know and when you go when you come out the supermarket you find there's like three cars just parked around you in the car park rest of the car park is empty
0: yes yes it's, it's amazing how <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i think we all
1: experienced that one <laughs> it's the magnet yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so so your three for eight. you you finally had it i mean how was the the ownership experience i mean you have sold this car now i mean as as we mentioned you you owned it for 11 years i think you said and yeah. you have now sold the car but i mean you know how, how was the car to to own and to drive
1: let me just say, firstly, there is no such thing as a bad Ferrari. Okay, right. Uh, that's the one thing I like to s- set straight. And you know, every Ferrari has its faults,
0: mm.
1: and it's whether you can live with those faults. Yeah. Um, mm. whether it's the handling or, this, or the size of it or the maintenance or whatever. There's, there's, no Ferrari is perfect, mm. and there's always a Ferrari perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I never, I, I make fun of other models. And, you know, just, uh, you know, just, just being humorous. But mm. there's no such thing as a bad Ferrari. In 11 years, I mean, I did a lot to that car. Okay. More than most people did. Mm. Um, so now, what, 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 why
0: don't you tell us a little bit of what you did to the car? Because your car was was quite well <sighs> modified over, the, over that time. But it was tastefully modified, not sort of spoilers and no, things no like that. No big wings. No.
1: Um, yeah, I nearly did put a big wing on it. But, yeah, it was... I, I kept it standard for about the first year I think. Okay. And then Ferrari cats sort will of me because the the free for is probably the first and only moddable Ferrari. Everybody mm. just wanted to mod it. Mm. And then I bumped into Andy Hill mm. who's got the uh most modified Free Eight, probably one of the most modified Free in, in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's he's an absolute nutcase. Mm. I mean, he's just done. I mean, he's free foray. is as fast as a 430. He was keeping up with 430 scuds on a track.
0: Wow, gosh.
1: That's my free for eight. Um Now, every every free for eight owner at that point wanted to make their car go faster, mm. rather than think, you know, well, I should just buy a 355 mm. or a 360. They think I want to make this car faster. So yeah. that shows you the love they have for that particular car. Yeah, yeah. Or were just crazy. Um, so we, so I did a lot of things. Now, um, what was the first thing I did? I can't remember. I can't remember the actual order. But things like the brakes. I there was um. There, I remember a track uh, event on um, at a, a stately home for charity, with the Ferrari Owners Club did, mm-hmm. and it was just literally just ninety degree turns everywhere. Mm. Just before that, I had actually put on AP Racing brakes. These are 355mm okay. brakes. One of the things I didn't like about the 348 was the brakes. Hmm. They weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, and I think that same with the 355. I think, in general, the Ferrari brakes for the early cars weren't very good. Yeah. AP Racing made these special brakes, 355mm, for the front. And... Mm-hmm. Um, And they just transformed the car. For bank per bank for performance, I thought that was the best investment I did. And I remember that day, we were giving rides to people for charity. And I was continuously, continuously doing laps. Mm. while the other Ferraris, older ones and newer ones, were parked up.
0: because
1: The brakes needed um, cooling down.
0: I I attended a similar event at... Um, the top gear track um, for a charity. And we were giving laps to um, it it was called dad's day out. So we were giving laps to fathers and their kids. And I had one of the only two plus twos. Uh, I think I had a four, five, six GT at the time. Um, So because I had back seats, I had, you know, my car was constantly out, you know, because it would be the dad in the front in the passenger seat. And, you know, one or two kids in the back and you know i remember going around that track and you know i had standard brakes and they just were not good enough after a little bit of time i had to come back let the brakes cool down and you know so i can totally relate to what you're saying because i i experienced that myself
1: yeah they're good for the road the brakes are good for the road yeah yeah until you really need them i mean i remember coming into uh hyde park underpass once as i came out there was a traffic was a standstill mm. and that was a heart stopping moment for me. And I thought, wow, you know, all right. Yeah. I think I'm not even sure if the ABS kicked in. Mm. Um, but that's when I thought, no, I need to do something with the brakes. So I put the AP racing brakes on. I had, I changed the dampers. Okay. Um, I had quantum racing adjustable dampers better than standard cause they were adjustable. So I mm. can make them softer and harder. Mm. Would I change them again? Probably not. Um, okay. Interesting. Probably Probably not because I don't think there was. I don't think I'm a good enough driver to actually utilize the full potential of those dampers.
0: Okay, right.
1: Uh, but going, but regarding the dampers, um, which I talk about later on about the you know the maintenance. But you need to. Most free freight owners have not refurbished mm. the dampers. Right, right. So you're looking at twenty, thirty year old cars. On the same dampers, and they need yeah. to be refurbished i had mine sent back at one point to bilstein and charged something like 70 pounds to have each one done right you should have it done and they recommend it every six years
0: wow on these
1: okay. yeah so if you imagine uh, you know 20 years and you've got the same dampers, mm. got that. um i also yeah. change
0: i think i think that's one of the problems really isn't it because people sort of think oh i haven't really put that many miles on the clock but um you know it's you know a lot of these items that need to be refurbished or changed are by age not by miles necessarily
1: well you're right it's well if the car's in there you know and it's not being driven that's not very good for the car because that yeah. that um causes a lot of issues mm. uh because the the um the hoses become brittle yes with regards to suspension um the um what's those rubber bits
0: um, oh the, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The bushes, rubber yeah, bushes on yeah. the
1: um, as you can tell, I'm not very technically minded. Those rubber thingy thingy jigs. Yes. Um, they were very very hard. I yeah. had those replaced. Now replacing those, you have to burn them out. They oh, just right. it's such a big drop. That's why people don't like to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to burn. Them. It's so hard to get them out. Right. I mean, you've got to get a machine press to put them in again. And that was a big headache.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I do know. But those need to be changed because they become rock hard. Mm, you know, rubber yeah. components, they they become hard. And that is why a lot of people say this, the handling of a free freight is not very good. Because mm. they're driving around in a car that, A, the dampers haven't been refurbished. Yeah. B, all the uh, rubber bushes are like... Mm would literally yeah so you're not getting that kind of you know compliancy Mm. um the springs might be a bit old but they're they're usually okay and the geometry settings haven't been done
0: Mm.
1: you put all those three three four things together Mm. and you've got a car that handles like a pig yeah It not.
0: so so i presume you transformed your car from that sort of setup to something that was a lot better and how how was that Transformation for you?
1: It, it's it. It's hard to say. Um, it's hard to say. It felt better. I mean, I I did everything. I did the bushes. I put the new, uh, had the dampers adjusted. I had um, I went up to Damex in um, is it Silverstone now? Robin at Damex. Yeah. He did the um, he did the um, um, suspension settings using the old-fashioned way with string. Okay. And you changed the shims, added the shims. He set it up and the car felt really, really good. At low speeds, the car is really good. At high speeds, it's the free freight is not a nice place to be at high speeds. Right. Right. Although some free freight owners I know say they have driven it 170 miles per hour, no problem. Mm, mm. I always found 130. It starts wobbling a bit, and it's a bit mm-hmm. all over the place because there's a lot of air going up for the front. Now it could be that I'm just a crappy driver, which is probably the case, to be right. honest. Um, and not brave enough to go through that, you know, that barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the problems was with the uh, high speed. As, as the one, if you ask me, what was the one issue? It was the high speed stability.
0: All oh, right. Okay.
1: Right? I tried everything. I tried. It. I did the suspension. I put a splitter in the front. Mm-hmm. I um, didn't notice any difference i I lowered the car it was still right. horrible at high speed you go 120, 130, but it was it was always a bit wallowy but realistically when are you ever going to go that far yeah and if yeah. you know if I went on a track on an airfield maybe I would have tried to, to go a little bit higher mm. but yeah it's if you hear stories about oh they handled really badly, it's because, usually because one of oh, even the, the tire pressure. If yeah. the tire pressure is out by even a few bars, mm. it won't handle well. Right. Um, right. The, the thing with the free 4 is, is it's a very, very <sighs> – with a 360, you can it, – it's not so bad because mm. it's, it's more capable of handling different things. Yeah. The 3 seems to be in that narrow band where it's either working really well mm. or it's not.
0: But there's there's a lot of benefits to a car like the three four eight. Um, I mean, I, I know when we were um, talking previously, you mentioned about sort of the analog three four eight versus you know the digital modern cars.
1: Oh, it, it I mean, I remember doing one of the dad's day outs as well. I think you the same one as you did, and the car feels it's the only thing it's got is ABS. Okay. And it just feels it on the move. It just feels like a go kart. Um, a friend of mine drove it and he used to drive um, um, 430 Scuderias. Okay. regularly. And I remember him, because um, we were filming at one point, and I was following in a Range Rover and we had walkie talkies and we are driving up to Silverstone and he was driving it like, um, like Miss Daisy, right. you know, and just very, very slowly. I don't mean to be sexist, obviously, but he yeah. was driving very slowly. And I said to him, look, you know, put your foot down. Mm. and then he started driving it and he was revving it up to you know, six, 7,000 revs and actually mm. giving it some go and he said to me afterwards he said you know what he said I, I wasn't looking forward to driving 3 for 8 because he heard a lot of things about it mm-hmm. and I didn't enjoy driving it until you told me to push it Right. and he goes when I started pushing it the car felt alive
0: mm. yeah.
1: and, and the nearest thing I could think of was it was like the scooter is I drove, right, right, and that's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car needs to be driven, and the problem is a lot of people who get in a free four eight who drive it, mm. they're not drivers. Mm. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way, because I'm not a great driver. I'm a poser, mm. not a driver. Yeah, but it's, it's a very different kind of place to be than a free two eight or a free four five or a free yeah, sixty. it well, is a very very race cartoon kind of car. So, um, so to drive it, yeah. yeah, is very analog. There's no power steering. Okay. Um, and I used to really, when the parking, I used to get a really bad shoulder. It was mm. really heavy at parking speeds. It's horrible. Mm. Mm. But when it's on the move, it's lovely. And because it's so small, fairly yeah. small compared to the later ones, yeah. I could drive in and out of London. I could go in little back streets and whatever. It was great. Yeah. It's you know, yeah. it's great. Going back to the, co- um, the modifications, mm. first thing Ferrari owners do is the exhaust. Yes. Um, I had put on a, the standard exhaust was really is really a bit quite crap. rooted, isn't it yeah 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 and you've you always
0: found you, that
1: yeah do you ever get people like you know wave at you and say Revit, revit, rev
0: it yeah and then they're yeah. disappointed <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and free eight i used to do it and they're like they, they still used to give the thumbs up but i used to feel a bit embarrassed yeah. about it
0: but you know what it's capable of really isn't it i mean you know it's got more to say
1: yeah and the standard one was really so i i ended up getting a tubi. Exhaust, okay. which I think at that time was the only really exhaust you could get
0: mm, yeah
1: um, then I think exhaust came in the market there was a Capristo but a Capristo was not very well designed because it was so big that you could see you could see the bottom part of the exhaust from right. below right you know it literally was hanging out at the bottom it looked like too fat so that wasn't very good mm. so I had a Capristo oh, sorry I had the H2B uh, put in yeah and I also decatted the car okay which is uh, technically um technically a no-no yeah. um but I, I remember driving it back with the tubi and the the, the uh, cats taken off mm. and it felt like they'd actually put in two extra cylinders
0: wow gosh
1: it, it just felt so much nicer yeah it's, it's it, less
0: restricted know, isn't it i mean it just feels like it, the engine is you know so much more free-flowing um as a result it,
1: it is. It was just it was just incredible. I mm. thought, wow, this is really great. I yeah. mean subsequently after that I ended up getting um hyperflow sports cats. Okay. Something I, I didn't have to worry about insurance issues and so mm. forth. And right. I would say it was with the DCAT and the tubi, there's a video uh, going around on YouTube where you actually see flames coming out of my car.
0: Oh right, okay.
1: At back and it's popping and banging. And
0: well, what we'll what we'll do is we'll try and find that video and add it onto um the show notes for this episode. So on our website, you'll be able to go to slash podcast and um, go to the show notes, and you'll be able to see that particular video.
1: Yeah, it sounds great. It sounded great with a, with a hyperflows uh, sports cats hyperflow. I don't think exist anymore. I would right. say the sound was muted about twenty percent, twenty five percent. Okay. Still sounded great, but it was you don't have those issues. Um, <clears throat> so that put on i had a um custom made carbon fiber heat shield okay as far as i know there's only three other two other cars that had it um it was a chap in america who made it right and i think he was selling them and then he sold two i don't know if he sold any more. Mm. and so he had it in his car uh, a friend of mine andy um andrew 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 holman he had one mm. Unfortunately, Andrew um, drove the three four eight off a cliff.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Um, is is um, he okay? Um, was... Apparently not. I think he's. I think he suffered some um, head trauma because he ended up buying a three four five soon after.
0: Okay. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> second, I, could,
1: I could explain. That's why I can laugh about it. We can laugh about it. It yeah, um, yeah. wasn't injured at all. He, he just. He was doing a Ferrari Owners Club hill climb. Okay. I think Bully Bay, right? And he drove it off a cliff. Um, so my, mine's the only free for eight in the UK with the carbon.
0: Okay. So what other mods did you carry out on your car then? One of the things I hated
1: about the free for eight, on a, on a um, purely uh, looks uh, looks wise, mm. was the bonnet grill. It has this horrible plastic grill on the front bonnet. Okay. And I used to really annoy me when I used to wash it, wash your car, what? and it was like just, just. I mean, it would warp over time. Mm. So I replaced it with a three five five one, which is a metal one. Okay, which looks so much nicer. Right. So I did that. Um, that was like that was the uh, the vent on the top, and it has a mesh behind it as well. So that was, right. I, I thought that looked, made it look really really good. Mm. Um, the wheels, when I purchased it, it, it had three four eight wheels, but I did a deal with Nick Cartwright where I said, "Look, can I have <clears throat> three five five wheels, please?"
0: Right. Right.
1: So I paid a little bit extra and I got 355 wheels, which I think look much better than 3 for eight wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, 3 for 8 wheels are heavier, 17-inch. The 3 for right. 5 wheels are magnesium and 18-inch.
0: Okay, right. So there's a gain uh, either way. It's gain on both sides then. So that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Lighter, better, looks better, mm-hmm. everything. Um, mm-hmm. I considered challenge wheels at one point, but um, they mm, check the insurance company. Right. Is to because they're, they're race wheels, so I'd, I'd be very, very careful about um, um, putting those on. Yeah. Although, although I think I think they are now making them again, okay. uh, which might be actually roadworthy. worthy. Um, the interior, um, I took out the seats. I put ca- uh, carbon fibre seats from the 360, which were lovely. Really? They were lovely. Yeah, they were lovely. They were just. They, they used to give me a backache. Okay. And, but they were lovely. I've got them in my 360 now as well. They oh, right. just, they hug you. They just, it's a proper, you feel like you're driving in a, mm. you know, racing yeah. car, um, I had um, a 360 challenge steering wheel. Okay. Uh, which was really nice as well. It was mm. Alicantara trim. Cost cost £185. Wow. And, and it had that little white uh, line at the top of the screen. Yes. Uh, yeah, which way, so yeah. the center. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. know which way you're going, yeah. 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 And it was really cool. I mean, I, I checked recently, they're about £480 now.
0: Wow, yeah. I was going to say that that seems like a pretty reasonable price. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, ha- I have to say, the modifications that you've been speaking about, I mean, these are all quite tasteful modifications. I mean, often when people mod vehicles, they, um, you know, they do things to the cars that aren't necessarily. Um, you know, in keeping with the, the model itself. You know, they they, they kind of ruin it. But, you know, I, th- I think well, in your case, you, you you've kind of enhanced it in many ways.
1: Yeah, I did. But to be honest, I did consider doing things like putting massive big spoilers in the back and mm. and winglets on the sides and stuff. And I, you know, I I, I put I, I had a stripe on it at one point as well. Mm. Um, I think on two occasions I had stripes actually. If I remember correctly, no. I mean, I just did everything on it. Um, another one of the modifications I did, um, which basically it, it leads on to the Hill Engineering, mm. which is where I get a lot of my parts from. Yeah. Now, uh, Hill Engineering makes parts that uh, are better than the Ferrari factory parts.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So, things like the tensions, whatever, that's where all the Ferrari community go to to buy from yeah. Hill Engineering. Yeah. And the chap who owns Hill Engineering, Paul Hill, is a Ferrari owner and he's a really yeah, nice true. bloke. And, you know, he does, he's helped out the Ferrari community quite a bit. Mm. So, one of the things I did do is um, the wheels on the 348 and five fives And, you know, it's the very sunken in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I, I hated it. So, one of the first things I actually did was actually put spaces on it. Okay. And I put uh, 25 mil spaces on the back, 15 mil spaces at the front. Okay. And the car looks much better. Mm. With those spaces, mm. unfortunately, when I used to do airfield days and drive the car on an airfield, every time I did a right turn, yeah, heavy right turn, I would dent the the wing wheel arch. Oh, you're kidding? Oh yeah. gosh. And it got to it got so bad that I used to carry around a hammer and a piece of wood and just smack it back <laughs> after every session.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Uh, so it, it looks good, but be very, very, very careful.
0: Mm, yeah. If you're going yeah.
1: to do a very sharp turn, and you, you know, it could be maybe the road was a uh, the track was a little bit um, bumpy, or whatever. But mm, it yeah. would, it would dent it. Wow. Um, it. In the end, I actually had them rolled, and never had that issue again. Right. Right. So my rods. So if anyone's thinking of um, buying my free for eight rolled. but yeah, that's about all the mods I did. Um, so I mean, so- you could go. Go on.
0: Sorry, I, I was going to say, um, uh, you know. So, what sort of advice can you give to anybody who's looking to buy a 3 eight? I mean, I know you've mentioned a number of things there, but sort of, what are the common faults or problems that you've encountered?
1: Okay, well, buying any Ferrari is like uh, playing musical chairs. Mm. Um, that's, that's the analogy um, I like to give. You're you're one of many owners of that particular car. Mm. And you could buy a car, a Ferrari, that will not give you any problems. Mm. But yet the next owner, that's when things go wrong. Yeah. So it's just when the music stops, you might be the one who has to end up um, forking out. Now, mm. these cars now, when did they, they came out? In 1989. So how old are they now? Coming up to
0: 30
1: years. Coming up 30 years. Yeah. 89. Yeah. 28, yeah. years. Yeah. Um, these are old cars mm. and old cars need things. Um, the free freight is very, very, it's fairly straightforward to maintain. Mm. No, if you're a reasonable mechanic, you can do a lot of stuff yourself. I mm. even did an old change myself once. Oh, right, okay, yeah, although I did take off the wrong panels, but, <laughs> but I did it. But you learned,
0: you learned, right? But so... I learned,
1: and, and I didn't want to do it again, yeah. So. You know, you can do things yourself. A lot of the guys do work on themselves. You can't on a 360, no, I wouldn't even touch it. Mm. And on a newer cars, no, you've got to have a computer. Yeah. But on the 348, you know, it's a DIY a lot of stuff is DIY stuff. So one of the things happened was the thermostat got blocked. Right. Right. Um and it was um I remember I was at a, an event someplace and we're coming back and suddenly it was overheating, overheating, and I'm thinking, oh my god, pulled over got it um uh, transported home
0: mm.
1: and we, you know took it and it was a thermostat um, right. and it found it was actually a lump of um, cast metal got stuck it. It. Okay. right so where did that come from? so it must have come off some of the casing or somewhere and mm. it just jammed in it replaced that. I had a coolant holes hose um, go and blow me okay. Now the coolant hoses on the free for eight are all rubber,
0: mm.
1: and they will spit. the uh, fortune 1 was a big one. In fact, there's a video of that. I'll send you a link to it. You actually see me driving, coming out, and the first thing I did was open the thing and start filming it. Right. Uh, so that um, what I ended up doing for that was I ended up contacting SFS and said to him, "Look, I, like, I need some silicon hoses, please, in mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. for the free for eight if I send you my hoses, yeah. can you make me? So they made me a set and yes, right. best hoses now are based on my original set of, um, silicon ah, hose. Okay. Right.
0: So right.
1: I would say, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to service a car, just, it's going to cost, you. it's not, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Change hoses. Yeah. Um, when you look at a car, get a professional to check it, mm. check everything, check the engine, check the gearbox, Um mm. uh, Weak point on a free for eight is the gearbox. Yeah. So you know, um the free for eight engine is bulletproof. It's strong. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. lump. But you still need to check it. Um the uh the tensioners, um they say every three years you need to change your cambill. Okay. And most people in the UK and in America they say five years. All oh, right, okay. So a lot of people will change the belts mm. for three years or five years, mm-hmm. but they never change the tensioners. And in my experience, it's the tensioners that tend to go. Right. The belt. A three-year-old belt is still quite strong. Yeah, yeah. But a 20-year, 30-year-old tensioners. Mm-hmm. So again, get yourself, check the tensioners, see if they would change. If not, you should change those, those uh, hills tensioners. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to get. Um, some main dealers will actually do it for you now. Right. You know, I've actually held both in my hand, and hills tensioners are a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and make sure that there's a lot of counterfeit health tensioners, as well. so get it from from um, source. Yeah. Uh, from source. Either from Who Engineering, uh, Ricambi, Daniel at Ricambi in America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's source for stuff over there, mm-hmm. and there's another. Uh, and I think it's Superformance. Also. Superformance. Yes. In the UK. I think they. Yeah. I think they also dealers from as well. Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, check everything. Check. The electrics, again, it's an Italian car. If electrics work, well done. Mm. Uh, The AC control panel is temperamental. Check that. Um, Because it's it's digital. Um, I had my um, handbrake cable um, go through the metal because the metal rusted away. Okay. So that that was one of those. That's just wear and tear. Mm. Uh, The fan... For the aircon, which is in the front, that uh, stopped working. I had to keep tapping it to get it to work. Um, that was simple. I took that out myself, gave it to a local repair company. They just refurbished it, put it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, alternator, God, that's a story. Alternator, I had my alternator refurbished three times. I even put uh, higher-quality parts in. Right. And it still kept blowing um the, the most infamous
0: yeah i was gonna say there's, there's a story behind your alternator isn't there i mean about one of the yeah. occasions
1: yeah it's on camera yeah mm. well, i'm sure you put the video i will I will.
0: with with pleasure because it's actually quite funny
1: it's quite funny it was um the world record 2012 the ferrari world record attempt for the most ferraris on a track at any one time and this Nine... is like Silverstone. Let Silverstone, yeah. uh, nine hundred and I think nine hundred sixty-two Ferraris on track. Wow! And I was filming it. Uh, my good friend Yusuf was the um, driving in, and he was the presenter mm-hmm. for that episode. Mm-hmm. He's driving around, and you can see it on camera, and he's like, "And there were some Ferraris broken down. In fact, I think there were two, three Ferraris broken down as well." Yeah. And so there's nine hundred sixty-two cars on the track. <laughs> he's on camera. You can see Oh, look, there's a Ferrari broken down over there. Oh, there's another one over there. <laughs> you know what? It wouldn't be a Ferrari if it didn't break down. It's got to break down. It's got to break down. Yeah. And 30 seconds later, I mean, literally, it was 30 seconds later. Yeah. He's suddenly saying, what? What's, what's that? What's, oh, no power. <laughs> no, power. Uh... no power. He breaks down on the track. Oh, gosh. All right. It turned out the alternator had gone. And he had to pull the car to one side as 962 Ferraris drove past. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, that was – at the time, it was like, oh, my God. But <laughs> uh, but filming-wise, it was a great story. Yeah, yeah. In the end, I actually had a new alternate. I bought a, um Maranello Spears. mm in West London, they actually man- managed to get hold of. Uh, uh, I think they had them remade. Let me them remade. Okay. Free for eight. Right. As it's Ferrari, nothing's ever straightforward. No. Same part number for the free for eight, and you know what? It doesn't fit.
0: No gosh.
1: So, wow. um, so H R O N spent um, a few hours. Atilio at um he spent a few hours trying to. You know, making brackets and mm. getting it in there, and it finally got to work. And since then, it's, it's 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 worked. I've
0: I've noticed also that the prices over sort of the last fifteen years or so, you know, since you first purchased it, the prices have sort of gone down and then up again. And you know, they um, they seem to be appreciating in value now.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, the markets change. I mean, I, I notice it's the general view of the free phrase a lot better. Amongst the community, you still get articles from uh, journalists who've never driven one, sat in one, who just mm. regurgitate the same old rubbish yep. about it being the crappy Ferrari, whatever. Mm. You know, mm. um, but yeah, it's it. The values have gone up. I mean, I remember someone selling it for sixteen thousand.
0: Wow, gosh.
1: About yeah you know, about eight year nine years ago. Wow. Uh, buying it and it was it that was a spider. Right. Wow. I, That's I mean, really. Yeah. That was like silly money. Um, but now you're looking at about uh, 70,000, 75,000. Mm. There was someone selling a GTC for 200,000 pounds. Wow. It sold. I'm not sure how much for, but uh, for those who don't know, the GTC, they made eight of those. Right. Uh, it was, um, <clears throat> it had Kev- Kevlar, I think, it had Kevlar doors, wow. uh, race seats. It was, yeah, so for that,
0: that, that is the... The then equivalent to the um four five eight speciale really, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it yeah.
1: is. And it was it's rarer. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well only eight. I mean that's that's amazing. Is that eight right hand driver? Eight in total?
1: I'm not sure, you know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I think but I think there's only eight uh, in the UK. Right. For sure. There was a big thread on Club Skidder about it where they was trying to have you found one or who's got it now, or whatever. Okay. But it's it's they're very rare, very, very sought after. Mm, yeah. Um I mean, nowadays. I mean, I think my free for eight was up for seventy five okay. again. Recently. Um would I buy a free for eight for seventy five mm. when you can get a free sixty? Yeah, spider. Yeah, uh, I don't know.
0: I guess it depends uh, on what you're looking for, right? I mean, if you're looking for something that you can sort of jump in and out of day-to-day basis, you know, then obviously a three sixty is going to be more reliable. But if you want something that's going to put you more in track, in tune with the with the road, you know, with the no power steering and lack of you know, the no driver aids and you want something like that, the three four eight's a great option.
1: It, it it is a great if you if you do like if you're a driver, a free for eight is a great option. And the the, the thing with three for eight is because it was the last of that particular engine block. Because mm. uh, it was the last of the four valves. Up to the three, because the three five five had three uh, five, five valves per cylinder. Yes, correct. Right. Free had four five. The yeah. engine, you know, you can do a lot with that with, with that car. Yeah, it's it is if you if you want to modify it, get a three four eight. Mm. It looks great. It's fairly straightforward to maintain. Yeah. Um, over service wise you have to take the engine out but now, it, does, it has... does
0: come out relatively easy doesn't it because it's on a it's on a, a subframe
1: um so it it does uh but a lot of people do engine in right. um yeah so you've got the option you can do engine in or engine out mm. i've had both done
0: right. i've
1: helped my friend take my car uh, the engine out of my three four eight. for mm-hmm. eight uh So I know exactly. It took us five and a half hours to take the engine out with a subframe out of a 348. Right. You know, it takes longer to put it back in. because It is a bit hard. But he did it in his home garage, in his garage at his house, on a lift. Mm -hmm. He did it.
0: And I suppose if you're doing all the other things, like, for example, as we've mentioned, changing the hoses, you know, um, changing other uh, electrical components and things like that, then it makes sense to take the engine out, have access to all of that, very easily um you
1: know well yeah because you know what when the engine's out you can walk around it you can see what's leaking you yeah. can you know there's it it's not a very complicated engine mm. Yeah. you know i mean i was very comfortable with the engine whereas my volkswagen golf gti um, mark 5 mm. i look at it i wouldn't know where to start yeah. yeah but because it's so very open the engine you can see and you can mm. walk around it and you can see oh this is this what's that and Mm. you know and there's also a couple of hoses which you cannot change without taking the um, uh, engine out
0: yeah that's true that's true
1: Um, and it's I alright this might sound a bit um, I don't mean to sound rude or anything but a lot of people say do engine in and a lot of companies garages will do an engine in camber change for you Mm. because it's significantly cheaper yeah yeah. yeah. Personally I would not do it. Okay. I've had it done. I had it done. I had it done by a garage. It was they were in a hurry and they had the car for a while and they didn't have time and I was in a hurry and they wanted to do it. Um and I said, Okay, fine, let's do the engine in. Mm. Did the engine in, I took it home, filled out with petrol, took it home and noticed that my okay t- well, let me before we, before I tell you what happened, let me explain how they do the engine in cambot change. Okay. To do the engine in cambot change, they take the fuel tank out, mm. and then they access it from underneath. Yes. In fact, if you ask Abby, who you um, interviewed,
0: I, yes, back in episode uh, two, yeah,
1: yeah, apparently he was one. It was one of the three guys who first did the engine in cambot change.
0: Yes, he he was yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's how the way it was done. So when I picked the car up, I took it, went to the petrol station. I'm driving home, and I noticed, oh, it seems to be drinking a lot of petrol than normal. Right. I took it home. Could smell fuel. Mm, okay. And it was drip, drip, drip. Took it back there. I uh, said, look, can you can you have a look at it? So mm. they kept it. Said, yeah, yeah, fixed it now. Fine. Picked it up again. And it was yeah. a long trek to the other side of London. Yeah. Um, drove it home. Seemed to be fine. mm a few days later, I went to the petrol station because I was going to go somewhere with a friend of mine. He came around my house. filled up the tank, drove it to my house, yeah. parked it outside my house, Was talking to my friend, looked down, and it's dripping fuel. Mm. A lot of fuel. Literally, you could actually see it literally dripping fuel. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's scary. So I just called him up, had it transported back, mm-hmm. and they found out that it was the connector to the uh, fuel tank. Okay. It wasn't properly. So right. it was overflowing. And because I think it's pressurized, right. the fuel's coming out. It, so it really happened when it was, I think it was when it's full or mm. fairly. If you don't want to take the engine out, mm-hmm. don't buy a 348. You know, buy a 360. Mm. Buy a 328. Mm. But look, you know, look after car. These cars need to be looked after. Yeah. yeah. There's no such thing as a cheap Ferrari because mm. it'll cost you one way or the other.
0: Yes, yeah. In, That's, uh, very true. Um,
1: That's very true. Can, like I said, it will change your life. It can yeah. make you poorer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. You know, and so you've got to look after the car. And, and I was lucky because when I, the price has gone up.
0: Well, it's interesting hearing about the 348 and also about the 360. But money, no object. which Ferrari would you buy?
1: Okay, money, no object. I would have my own Ferrari made, created. Oh, okay, interesting. Right. Interesting. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to take part in a presentation where one um, of the head of design will actually uh, go through the, the a system of creating your own customized Ferrari. Okay, this is like for billionaires and special customers, whatever. Mm. So I would. What I would do is, I would have my own custom Ferrari, and what they say is you can have a Ferrari made, based on a particular model. So
0: right.
1: <clears throat> Eric Clapton had one made. Yes, the... and he had it uh, made after the uh, the Boxer, Burnett the Boxer, I think that kind yes. of styling cues. That.
0: Yeah, exactly. He so say it was based on the four five eight Italia, but the car itself looks like a. um, A uh, like a 365 BB or 512 BB, you're correct.
1: In the real world, I think I would get for your a GTS quadruple.
0: Interesting. So I know that you are working on a few different projects, Ferrari-related projects at the moment. Um, So if people want to reach out to you, uh, how can they do that? And just tell us a little bit about the projects that you're working on. Uh,
1: Well, one of the projects is um, I've been organizing events for about – 10, 11 years now. Um, okay. usually can car, supercar meets, Ferrari meets and stuff like that. Um, mm. and I have a club called the driver's union. Okay. The driver's Uh, free to join websites offline at the moment. But, um, what, I do is, because um, so many of my friends keep asking me to organize meets and events, so mm. I used to do things like the Clifton events, mm. I do uh, a restaurant events, I do a coffee morning occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, and I also get lots of um, organizations asking me to invite our members along to various meets and events. Okay. Um, some some very exclusive ones mm. so i don't charge any money for that and basically it's for ferrari lamborghini mclaren owners and any other high end supercars like pagani's so i right. do that it's like a little thing on the side okay um which is just um just just basically fun and frills sure. Cause it's it's nice for me to have it's nice for me to go to a meet in london where i've got Twenty, thirty Ferraris, mm, mm. and we go for a cruise. Did you ever come on one of my cruises? I, I have. Yeah, I've no, been on no. one of
0: the cruises, and also I've been to one of your events as well. So um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Did you Lo- you ever come loads of fun. The, did you ever come to the Poser Run?
0: Uh, I came to the Tunnel Run. I think it was.
1: Okay, the Poser Run was the first big one. It was in 2005. It might we... have been the
0: Poser Run then. It might have been the F- Poser 30 Run.
1: Thirty Ferraris met up in Hyde Park,
0: mm, yeah,
1: and then drove into London, the cause a traffic jam with thirty Ferraris down yep. Piccadilly. Yeah, I, I was there
0: for that. I was there.
1: That, that was that was. You can't. We can't do it anymore because of the um, roadworks and
0: no, I know. <laughs>
1: and 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 the the, um, the one way systems, but that mm. was just. That's probably. Yeah, that was one of the highlights and probably one of the best movies we ever did. I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that. And the other project is it's a I've been working on it for a few years now, and I finally start filming it is a, a Ferrari documentary series. Okay. Right. Uh, which is uh, it started off originally um, I was going to do a documentary feature on the free for eight, and it was going to be called the worst Ferrari ever made. Okay. Because uh, I thought I could get, I could, you know, I could get away with that, and it was to show how good the Ferrari Free actually was. Mm-hmm. And then that's—I wasn't ready at the time, and I needed more practice. And now I have my own video production company mm-hmm. uh, with the cameras and lots of equipment. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd take it one step further, so um, this is actually—it's called the working title is "Driving Ferrari," right? And it's. Taking me a few years to actually get my head around it because it's so big, mm. but some of the um, uh, episodes I will be, for example, we have an episode on Touring, okay, who designed the first Ferraris? Mm. Um, this is design house, and he's even recently they did a um um F twelve. They
0: did, did F twelve recently, yeah, yeah.
1: I do that. So uh, a very good friend of mine, is one of the world's experts on the. Um, on touring the company, Mm -hmm. access to the factory and so forth. Um, I've got an episode which should be on about the um, uh, Testarossa. Mm -hmm. So I've got all three models, the um, Testarossa 512 and the 512M. Um, I'm trying to get hold of a Koenig Testarossa for that. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's it's about everything about Ferrari.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if somebody wants to get involved in your... Um, series is in any sort of way, then how how can they find you?
1: Um they can contact me via Facebook. Okay. Uh Driving Ferrari. Uh it's called Driving Ferrari. Okay. Uh I'll send you a link for that. Sure. Um they I'll have a, the website will be up very, very soon, probably next couple of weeks. Um, um I'll be doing a little blog on there just to show people what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we start we start filming um I start filming early next early next year, which is only really a few weeks away. Yeah. Um I just have to start over to filming 4K or HD. Okay. What do you think?
0: I would go with 4K. So, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Um the pleasure. you know, it's it's really interesting. I mean, the 348 is a model that I've always that I've grown up with, you know. It was the the V8 seater at the time when I was growing up. And I remember when the Testarossa came out, when the 348 came up, I absolutely loved the 348. And I've loved it ever since. Um, I've had the pleasure of driving two and enjoyed both uh, experiences. Um, So, you know, I can definitely relate to, you know, what you're saying about your particular car, about why you purchased it, why you owned it for so many years, um, and, you know, finally, why you decided to move on but um, just wanted to say thank you very much and we'll be adding all the, um, the links that you mentioned to the show notes as well.
1: Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Thanks.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode there. Uh, it was great to hear uh, from an owner and we hope to have more of these episodes in the future. So if you'd like to have your car featured and talk about your car in one of our podcast episodes, please contact us at info at and we'll set up a podcast interview once again today's sponsor is something that I get asked about a lot and that is who I use for my hosting I recommend Bluehost and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up, Uh, they have a one-click automatic WordPress installation and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them and there's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service and they're one of the companies that actually say yeah you can give us a call, which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless, it's it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself and it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. That's all for now. Ciao.